Part two of session 60. Let's talk about pyramids again and religion. Fun stuff. Let's begin. As a reminder, this is a very long session, which I decided to divide in three parts. And in the last video, first part, I stopped at the end of the personal material. And so I'm going to continue today with pyramids, which is the conversation they get into after they talk about their personal stuff. And at the end for part three, we're going to move into harvest and meditation and some other information. But I think this is going to end nicely with the last couple of questions about the Ark of the Covenant, which is interesting for some people, not so much for me. Um, you will see once I get there why it's not that important to me. Just like pyramids are not that important to me, to be honest. But hey, this is what we got in the Law of One. This is what I will talk about. So without further ado, I can begin with the first question I have today, picking up from last video, question 10, which is going to start us with pyramids. Don says, thank you. When you spoke in the last session of energizing shocks coming from the top of the pyramid, did you mean that these came at intervals rather than steadily? And so Ra says, these energizing shocks come at discrete intervals, but come very, very close together in a properly functioning pyramid shape. In one whose dimensions have gone awry, the energy will not be released with regularity or in quanta, as you may perhaps better understand our meaning. So just as a reminder, we're talking about the, right? Yeah, this is the, the third, first, second, third spiral. Uh, yes. And so we have the third spiral is coming out of the top of the pyramid and this is the one that Don is referring to if it comes at intervals or uh, constant. And so Ra explains that it does come at certain uh, intervals and but they come very closely together. It seems to be a high frequency. I don't know. I'm not really good at this at understanding these energies and frequencies coming out from different uh, functions of a geometry like the pyramid in this case so i can't say much more than what ross said already here um, they do emphasize that the dimensions that have gone awry so maybe once the pyramid is not perfectly shaped perhaps right now as it is which is not perfectly shaped and maybe it's not uh, beaming that much of an energy who knows or at least in harmony, as it was supposed to or meant to be. And um, yeah, I think that's all I can take out of this. The uh, the energizing shocks seems to be those um, that energy that comes at a specific frequency when the pyramid is properly shaped. So not much to say there. Don says in question eleven. The next statement that I make may or may not be enlightening to me in my investigation of the pyramid energy, but it has occurred to me 
that the so-called effect in the so-called Bermuda Triangle is possibly due to the large pyramid beneath the water which releases this third spiral at discrete and varying intervals. And when other entities or craft are in the vicinity of this, it creates a situation where they change space-time continuum in some way. Is this correct? Ra didn't want to talk much about this with a very brief yes as an answer. And I mean, as a kid, I was always fascinated too with the Bermuda Triangle. I was scared of it too because it implied that something was happening there that nobody knew. And so it could be monsters, it could be spaceships, it could be anything. And if you put any stocks into the raw material, then you understand that the pyramid that is down there, which is true, there is at least one that we know of, maybe more, I don't know. I'm not a good researcher in this stuff. I know there's people who are fascinated by all of the um, underwater discoveries and all the... To me, it's just enough to know that, yes, there was a civilization there. Uh, sure, science doesn't want to agree to that because it'll destroy their model of the evolved... Uh, agricultural ape into modern society and uh, the Sphinx is another thing that is an object out of place in plain sight <laughs> um, that um, I, I believe John Anthony um, Williams John Anthony West John Anthony West uh, he made a fantastic research on the Sphinx and showed how there were others too who backed his his theory or in which he built his theory as well but he showed that the Sphinx is already eroded and uh, that can only account to something that happened thousands of years ago it's funny that in the raw material they never ask about the Sphinx so I wonder why it's a it's a great mystery probably greater than the pyramids to be honest and in any case maybe it wasn't that much of a mystery for Don I don't know but going back to the pyramids and that one in Atlantis to me is enough just to know that yeah it exists it existed a civilization there and uh, it went down for whatever reason and of course um, yeah it, it'll destroy the model of our current paradigm of science, which is, it's funny, but science seems to be, or materialist science, conventional science, is now more than anything, trying to maintain their model rather than to find new stuff within the things that we know, which is just funny to see how, and we'll see actually in this session how corrupted things can be and science, what you would think, you know, which is completely against religion or against including religion or spirituality in their, um, in their research, can be so blind, eventually becoming a negatively oriented, I would say, that is trying to only preserve its own institution rather than to be honest and free with the information that is being uh, provided and they just wish to preserve their status quo. But I digress. The point is that that pyramid does cause an effect into whatever it does with um, 
with the planes and the ships that go through. I am not sure, knowing the things that I know, like what would this do? Would ill, uh, would will displacement uh, displace them, like the ships and the crafts? Will they be displaced by this energy into another part of the Earth, to another part of the galaxy, of the universe, of uh, maybe it'll just shut them down and they crash, never to be found again? Do they go to time space and then come back, I don't know, at another time in the future? Who knows what happens? I mean, I don't think that's important, to be honest. I'm not interested in, in these kind of stuff, but it's uh, something to mention in any case, and I don't think we can find out much uh, about this. Again, I think the level of importance of this is minor compared to what we potentially can still learn about ourselves. Once we know about ourselves, maybe we care to learn about this. But something funny happens when you start learning more about yourself is that these things stop to become important. It's a, it's a funny, funny game we play here. In any case, We'll go with maybe more interesting stuff. Let's see. Don question 12 says, then this third spiral has an energizing effect that if strong enough, will actually change the space-time continuum. Is there a use or value to this type of change? Ra says, in the hands of one of fifth density or above, this particular energy may be tapped in order to communicate information, love or light across what you would consider vast distances but which, with this energy, may be considered trans-dimensional leaps. Also, there is the possibility of travel using this formation of energy. So we're talking about technology that is not either useful for us in third density, nor is it something that we should look into it at all, I believe. Uh, as Don talks about the third spiral, which is... Uh, it seems like past the first spiral, we shouldn't care much about the second or the third. Going back to the analogy that I was making with the mind-body-spirit complex and how um, we are in third density, which is mostly first, second, third in manifestation, fourth, fifth, and sixth in our potential spiritual development, and which is not manifested here in space-time, I mean. So in space-time, even though obviously we have 4th, 5th density, or 4th, 5th chakra, 6th chakra, um, activation and development, it is not manifested here in space-time, or that energy is not manifested here uh, for, for our uses, at least as far as I know. And so maybe that's why the second and the third spiral asked on question, have no uses for us here, but rather are technologies that are used for fifth and sixth density, or four density maybe too, because like like Ra says, in the hands of one of fifth density or above, this particular energy may be tapped. So not even in four density. Maybe four density would care about the second spiral. Um, I forget if Ra mentioned, I think they mentioned again, fifth density. I don't know if they said fourth density or above, but in any case, not for us, not useful for us. And what do they do with it? Well, they communicate information, love or light across what you would consider vast distances. This is what I would call uh, analogous here, 
the quantum entanglement that everything although it seems at a distance you know that quasar that we see with our telescopes is as much part of ourselves than we are part of itself of that beingness of the quasar anything i mean your ancestors are still part of this equation uh, the big bang contained everything within it so everything that came out is connected to that singular point of the big bang that simply makes sense there is no you don't need to go into mathematics and astrophysics to uh, see if the distance affects anything we're all in this together and so while we're all we're all in this together there are differences in our manifestation and so this manifestation in fifth density is the one that makes use uh, of this energy which can communicate through um, the uh, the different uh, apparent distances let's call it and so this is what is called transdimensional leaps also there is a possibility of travel using this formation of energy we do know that travel in the sense that we know it is um, is a function of you just like dreaming or astral projection and all of that fun stuff that is possible traveling at these densities is just projecting yourself basically to other places and other places or points in the fabric of space-time within the density that you want to appear i guess so here's the technology to do that from other dimensions or densities so let's go on question 13 don says would this travel be the instantaneous type having to do with the not the slingshot effect, but the effect used primarily by six density entities. Or is it the slingshot effect that you are talking about? And Ra says, the former effect is that of which we speak. You may note that as one learns the, shall we say, understandings or disciplines of the personality, each of these configurations of prana is available to the entity without the aid of this shape. One may view the pyramid at Giza as metaphysical training wheels so uh if you remember from our previous sessions i forget already probably the early 50s 52 53 around there there was um conversation between the types of travel and these were the ones that we use in, um, in third density this is our propulsion and our uh, combustion so, sort of um, transportation movements across distances and then there is the slingshot effect which if I remember correctly I consider it to be similar to electrogravitics a technology that we have for a while but not public it's still under the layer of conspiracy because we still don't have full information as to how it works so we only have speculations but it seems possible i mean it's a field of energy we can use it right just like the field of energy of air is used by birds to fly uh, the field of energy or medium of water is used by fish and uh, space is used by us 
in Earth or, or on Earth. And then electromagnetic fields may be used as a medium for this type of travel. I believe this is what is used as a slingshot effect in which one electromagnetic field is used for the next one and so on and it speeds up um, not like instantaneous which is the, the the category they're talking about here but that's what Don is asking the slingshot effect which is maybe four density tops the one they use uh, they start learning instantaneous in four density and this is why Ross says that this is for primarily fifth density and fifth density are the ones using this specific energy for this specific travel which is instantaneous i believe this has to do with consciousness simply projecting your consciousness to another place now if this sounds far-fetched to you think about the fact that you we don't put too much stock into um our thoughts our dreams, our imagination. Because for us, it seems intangible. It seems useless. But when you realize that this is time space, and again, if you uh, invest yourself into the raw material and the law of one, you know that space time is really just a tool for time space to evolve for time-space beingness to advance, to catalyze itself. What does that mean? That time-space is actually more important than space-time. And I don't want to say that it's more important, but because we uh, underemphasize it, I'm going to overemphasize it and say that instead of being useless, imagination, thoughts, uh, feelings, and all of that stuff that we can't measure with a device, Ah, we're so bothered by that. We, <laughs> um, I want to overemphasize it, its importance. That is that when we use our dreams or our thoughts or our imagination, anything with our minds, we're actually tapping into this possible fifth density training of traveling, moving in between uh, space and time literally and it's all within the quietness of your mind you see it's all within there it is not a physical thing that you do so you can imagine things you see you don't you don't do physical things to imagine in fact you want for imagination you get lost you see your gaze is completely uh, fixed on something or unfixed it's just there and you're running a bunch of scenarios and worlds and entities and so on so this is the type of uh, consciousness projection that is being done to me in this work fifth density and above that means that we use we use it here too we do make use of this because of course i'm always trying to breach um or uh, yeah uh, bridge the gap bridge the gap not breach, but bridge the gap between um, densities of consciousness which seem to be far from us and our energy centers, which are the same. And whatever we do in sixth, fifth, uh, in fourth density, we're still doing here, just like what we do in first, second density, we're still doing here. 
Third density is just our um, our virtual reality in which we're manifested and enjoying the current incarnation. So, without me um, going off track here, um, what does Ra say? The former effect is that which we speak. That's what they're talking about, the instantaneous travel. You may note that as you, as one learns the understandings or disciplines of the personality, each of these configurations of prana is available to the entity without the aid of the shape. So you don't need any of these shapes, like the pyramid, for example, for this type of work. Like I said, this is all available within our own energy centers. And as one, again, one understands and learns the disciplines of personality, then these configurations are available. Configurations of prana, they say. See, what is a configuration of prana? If not the proper, I'm not gonna say usage, but allowance, allowing the prana to flow through your energy center in the way it was it was intended to be without you getting in your own way. <laughs> um, so uh, all of this becomes available. In essence, we're talking about always the same thing. I know the raw material seems daunting and it has a lot of wordings and so on, but all we're talking about here is uh, unblock your energy centers, lower energy centers, uh, allow the energy to flow through your hearts. Your heart will know what to do. It has always known what to do. It's only that we have blocked it because fear or anger or uh, rejection of whatever. Any sort of rejection is causing that, is making our um, our experience to be less unique by our own heart. And so when we allow that, then everything else starts shining the way it's supposed to be. Opening the way to the heart really is, to me, the only thing we need to do. Everything else comes naturally. And yes, there is a balance between love and wisdom, but that is just... The same thing that Ra is doing, as we will find out in this video. So, one may view the pyramid at Giza as metaphysical training wheels. Why? Because, again, it's a shape. Do not rely on shapes. Do not rely on odors. Do not rely on uh, sensations. Do not rely on anything. Um, I'm not saying that they're not useful. I believe they are, you know, you can use a pyramid, that's fine. You can use incense if you want, that's great. You can use a uh, isolated tank uh, for meditation. You can use uh, uh, sensory deprivation for better connection. You can meditate inside a pyramid that you constructed yourself because you are much more crafty than I am. <laughs> but all of that, again, they're training wheels. They're just there to provide a sort of, you know, this is how it feels. This is how um, you you can accomplish this state of mind, or this is what's possible. But they are training wheels nonetheless. And so whether you use them or not, that depends on you. Just don't mistake them for the actual thing. Do not mistake the finger for the moon. And with that, we move to question 14, where Don says, then is the large underwater pyramid off the Florida Florida coast one of the balancing pyramids that Ra constructed, or some other social memory complex? And if so, which one? I believe they're talking about that pyramid, Atlantis pyramid. 
Ra says, that pyramid of which you speak was one whose construction was aided by six density entities of a social memory complex working with Atlanteans prior to our working with the, as you call them, Egyptians. So remember, back in uh, 15, 16,000 years ago or so, there was the social memory complex that came here and worked with the Atlanteans. Ra wasn't one of them. Ra worked with those in Egypt. But these, I believe, are the same that work with South America later on. Um, if you, I forget this, South American, probably session 21, session 22, around there, go look it up. I think I named that session or that video, the civilization of South America, the great civilization of South America. Fascinating stuff. Uh, you must be familiar with uh, Graham Hancock, who is a researcher, author. He did this book or he wrote this book. Um, oh, I forget the name. Um, he's the same one as the fingerprints of the gods. Uh, but he recently just released a book about the South American civilization. And he talks about a bunch of stuff there. Fascinating book. Oh, I forgot. If I remember, I'll leave a link for you to check it out. The thing is, it's a really good read. Uh, but in any case, um, these, these guys that work in Atlantis... They came here, I think it was around 16,000 years ago, and they started helping. I believe this was also because they saw that after 60,000 years almost, we hadn't polarized and we were still <laughs> the same apes that we were before. Uh, but, you know, they... Um, listen, they... Um, they said, well, you know, let's help you guys. Let's give you technology and so on. And um, America before, I had to look it up, see, as I was talking. <laughs> the key to Earth's lost civilization. America before. Graham Hancock, go, go look it up. Uh, so, in any case, <laughs> I just can't stay with this in my mind. And not, I mean, I, I read the book. How can I forget? Um, I do forget names sometimes. So, but I don't forget that these uh, entities or the social memory complex came here to um, to Atlantis and they started helping them. And they are the ones that constructed the pyramid. So they are the ones that I believe again, this is why I'm mentioning um, Graham Hancock's book, uh, America Before, I believe they, they were the ones who aided those in South America. And a huge civilization, apparently, uh, flourished there. Which we are now starting to uncover because... Um, you see, what happens is that some explorer came here to America. Um, and they... Spanish, of course. I think they were Spanish or Portuguese. And they came and realized that there was a huge civilization. But you know what happens when Europeans come to America 500 years ago <laughs> and they spread the, their disease, their genetic information. Apparently all of them were wiped out because not even half a decade later, uh, another scouts or explorers came to check 
and they couldn't find anything, of course, they were all dying. But apparently the civilization uh, boosted or boasted uh, over 30 million people back then when in Europe was uh, barely 2 million people, maybe? I don't know. But this was all through South America. Now, the thing is that this becomes, again, you know, just mystery, who knows? This uh, this doesn't, uh, doesn't show, it doesn't show in our records and so on. However, one of the things that Graham Hancock talks about is that the vegetation in the Amazon is, I mean, I, I lived there and when I tell you, you abandon something and that gets just eaten within a couple of years by nature. This is exactly what happened. The Amazon forest is alive and it is very, uh, very much alive. <laughs> so it buried all of this because deforestation, well, you can say there's something positive about, about deforestation. They're finding all sorts of geometrical structures and a huge uh, amount of uh, ruins that are not accounted for in our records. And moreover, they say, how could these people live here where the land was so uh, infertile? Uh, how do they live there? So now we're discovering the mystery of those of South America. It seems that these entities, the social memory complex after failing in Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta, not Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia, you're all fine, no worries. Uh, in Atlantis, they're, <laughs> uh, I'm so stupid. After not failing, those are human words. After doing what they did in Atlantis, they, I think they came back from South America and apparently they did a great job. That's why we have pyramids all over the place there too. And yeah, I don't know why I went into that rant, but I hope you liked it. Leave me a comment if you did. And if you didn't, leave me a comment as well. That way I know. So we move on to question 15. Don says, you mentioned working with one other group other than the Egyptians. Who were they? Ross says, these entities were those of South America. We divided our forces to work within these two cultures. Um, yeah, well, here we go. I forgot that they mentioned this here. Um, so they did work with South America. I didn't know this. Is that true? These entities were those of South America. We divided our forces to work within these two cultures. So they did work. I know for sure that there was another social memory complex that worked as well with South America and it wasn't uh, raw. So they did help there, but they weren't the only ones. I guarantee you that because they mentioned it in, again, session 22 or 21, uh, where they talked about this stuff. Um, I'll leave you the video here if I remember, and I'll make a notes. So I, I always say that, and I always remember. I don't remember, but I have the notes. So um, yeah, they did work, but they, they seem to have helped. I don't think they did all the work uh, like they did in Egypt, apparently, as far as I know. Anyhow, question 16, Don says, the pyramid shape then, as I understand it, was deemed by your social memory complex at that time to be of paramount importance as, shall I say, a physical training A for spiritual development. At this particular time in the evolution of our planet, it seems that you place little 
or no emphasis on this shape. Is this correct? This is a really good exposure question for Ra, and they are very grateful to answer this, because they say, this is correct. It is our honor duty to attempt to remove the distortions that the use of the shape has caused in the thinking of your peoples and in the activities of some of your entities. We do not deny that such shapes are efficacious, nor do we withhold the general gist of this efficacy. However, we wish to offer our understanding, limited though it is, that contrary to our naive beliefs many thousands of your years ago, the optimum shape for initiation does not exist. So, we not only have more to cover about this, but we have Ra talking about pyramids, history, intentionality, and more importantly, the uses of the pyramid. Um, when we mix all of this together in this answer, what we get is that, yes, Ra, just remember, they came from... Let's do a little bit of history in Ra, just to put this into context. Ra came from Venus, from Venus, third planet from the sun, and they they were very harmonious. They were very lovely, lovely people. They were naive because of this. They graduated to four density in a very naive way. So four density was pretty quick for them. It was easy peasy. They said, well, we did almost all the preliminary work of four density, so let's do this. When they got to fifth density, they said, oh my God, we have so much to learn. And so when they spend who knows how long, this probably answers my question. I have a question that I would love to find the answer. I don't know if LNL Research has ever asked this to another entity, but they said that they graduated from third density 2.6 billion years ago. ago. So that is 2.6 thousand million years, right? Yeah. A thousand million years. So 2.6 billion years ago. And if you see how the densities of consciousness are in the cycles, they take only a bunch of million years. Like, I think fifth density cycle, for reference, our third density cycle is 75,000 years. Uh, fifth density is 50 million years. However, it's still far from uh, a thousand million years, right? Am I saying that right? A billion years? I get confused. In Spanish, we don't say billion for billion, but Spanish's billion is for English trillion. So it gets confusing in my mind. But yeah, this is, um, it's, it's a long time regardless. And maybe that's why they had to spend so much time. How many cycles of fifth density did they have to spend to, if this is my math, and it's correct, I would love to get the answer, but that means that they spend, I mean, by my calculation, 40 cycles or more, 50 cycles of fifth density, that's a lot. I mean, I don't know how uh, exhausting that is for the social memory complex. Maybe it is fascinating, I don't know. But just put that into context. So maybe that's how naive they were, and yet they were allowed to, uh, Give us the pyramids. <laughs> that turned out to be very fun for humanity. 
So this is the reason why they gave us the pyramids. In all honesty, as far as I can understand, they did it because they said, hey, this helped us, maybe it'll help them. You know, it's like um, I, I say in Spanish, we have this saying that giving a blade to a monkey, which is completely unpredictable to see what it's going to do with it. You know, it's going to cut himself, it's going to kill somebody by slashing at it. It's going to injure people. Who knows what's going to happen, right? Just because, you know, a blade was helpful to us into crafting and cooking and so on. It's like, oh, just give it to the monkey. See what happens. Well, they give pyramids to the monkeys. The monkeys created monetary system, slavery, uh, an elite, and so on. So, this is what happened. That's why they say, contrary to our naive beliefs many thousands of years ago, the optimum shape for initiation does not exist. They wanted to give us something for spiritual purposes. They gave us something that we use for negative purposes. And we um, greatly also diminish the life expectancy or, um, yeah, the life expectancy of humans going down very, very low. Now, they do not deny that such shapes are efficacious. Yes. That is because the pyramids are efficacious as we have explored in the past 10 sessions, maybe talking about pyramids. Um, and what else did they say? Um, oh, well, when they say it is in our, it is our honor duty to attempt to remove the distortions that the use of the shape has caused in the thinking of your peoples and in the activities of some of your entities. This is what I call karma. Um, when you get involved in, I suppose this is how it works, from dimension to dimension, is that say they gave us this and they feel responsible, or not only responsible in the sense of human responsibility of, oh, now I'm responsible for what I did, but rather is that they are learning from this. This is their learning. In fact, I believe that this was approved by the Council of Saturn because they saw the potential in Ra to learn, again, they're still learning wisdom. This was a very uh, hard open gesture from the Sixth Density brothers and sisters of Sorrow that gave us the pyramids. So they're learning wisdom. And this wisdom is it's ongoing as they see how their intervention unfolds into the graduation of or the ending of the cycle you see now it's not to blame Ra or anything I mean we're all one in this but it is a great lesson for the whole cosmos to see what happens and uh, this is what they're going to say next so I, I won't get ahead of myself so just to finish up this point uh, this is their lesson this is how it works they get karma meaning that they're attached to us they are bound to us because they need to see hey this is what you unfolded see it develop um so yeah i hope that makes sense i believe that we we should see the results of what we started this is karma you know if you do harm you should see the results of that harm in one way or another if you don't see it physically on the person and suffer it yourself then you will get it back in some other way in the same way, you know, when you do what we consider good deeds, you know, for other people, you get it in return. 
you know, um, I, I do truly believe that's just how karma works. You're supposed to see your experiment. What you do in life is an experiment and that experiment comes back to you. So, Ra continues and says, let us expand upon this point. When we were aided by six density entities during our own third density experiences, we, being less bellicose in the extreme, found this teaching to be of help. In our naivety, in third density, we had not developed the interrelationships of your barter or money system and power. We were, in fact, a more philosophical third density planet than your own. And our choices of polarity were much more centered about the, shall we say, understanding of sexual energy transfers and the appropriate relationships between self and other self. I am actually very interested in seeing an answer from any entity regarding how long did Ra take in fifth density. I'm very, very interested in that because it seems that they they needed a lot of uh, i mean there were six density when they gave us the pyramids so just makes a lot of sense and now you can see they say that their experience in third density was of check out what they say being less bellicose in the extreme so it was less bellicose than us in the extreme like they they didn't know what harming others was um it's like, <laughs> I always have this joke with Julie that when I met her family, I mean, I had seen uh, family uh, arguments and fights between my own family and other friends' families. So I, I have seen uh, true fights, like fist fights between family members. And that was to me a fight, you know, like <laughs> when I heard about, oh, they had a family fight. They, they had an argument and to me it was just like, well, sweat, blood and tears. <laughs> I've seen that. And then when Julie was all distraught telling me about, you know, oh, my family, I just had a fight with my family. I'm like, holy, okay, what happened? <laughs> then I had, to, I actually experienced one of those fights and it was literally just like an argument where I disagree with you. I get upset with that because you disagree with me and I go to my room and I'm like, this is it. <laughs> this is what we would probably see to a bigger extreme if we would look back at Venus and look at their arguments and fights. <laughs> they would probably be very, very uh, soft and sweet with each other. Well, we don't know that. We are we're at war still. It's 2022 and we're still at war, like physical war. Oh my god. It's a funny planet. So, Ra says, in our naivety, or naivety, I don't know how to pronounce that. In third density, we had not developed the interrelationships of your barter or money system. They didn't even have money. They didn't even have the concept of barter. They were just like, oh, everything's everybody's, you know, uh, that's how it worked, you know, and you can see that has its downfalls. So, if you feel bad because you're living in a monetary system, a slavery system, please give yourself credit that you actually are learning to live in a very uh, intense human experience where you can develop so much wisdom and compassion out of this. Like this is the perfect um, 
I don't want to use battleground, but um, training grounds for compassion and wisdom. The potential is there. You just have to know where to tap it or how to tap it. So you see, Rod didn't even know anything about money system. <laughs> they said, oh yeah, you know, let's just get pyramids. And of course, the Egyptians developed the monetary system back in those days. Uh, they were more philosophical, their density, which makes sense because they didn't seem very scientific to my understanding. We are very scientific. They are very, they were very philosophical, which I understand. There are two ways, in my view, to understand reality or two extremes. You either measure everything and you, you put everything in boxes or you are very philosophical, which is really what uh, the Oriental philosophies do. They're very philosophical. They don't care about measuring and all of this stuff. It's not helpful to understand reality. In fact, that takes out from the understanding of reality. And it seems that Ra were very much like those. Um, uh, so yes, and our choices of polarity were much more centered about the understanding of sexual energy transfers. That's something they have, um, they have discussed in the past and they've mentioned over and over again. They were very much in the learnings of sexual energy transfer, which is a very intense energy to play with. So I wish we knew more. I love sex, but I don't know much about sexual energy transfers in terms of experience compared to Ra. So all I know is theoretical stuff. So Ra says, continues, we spent a much larger portion of our space-time working with the unmanifested being. In this less complex atmosphere, it was quite instructive to have this learned teaching device, the pyramid, and we benefited from without the distortions we found occurring among your peoples. We have recorded these differences meticulously in the great record of creation, that such naivety shall not be necessary again. At this space-time, we may best serve you, we believe, by stating that the pyramid for meditation, <laughs> along with other rounded and arched uh, or pointed circular shapes, is of help to you. So, <laughs> uh, so funny. Uh, at this moment, we would only say that the pyramid can be used for meditation, nothing else. And be very cautious about using it behind your head or under your body for more than 20-30 minutes. That's it. That's all we're going to say about pyramids, says Ra. And they also say that, well, they go on and say that in this less complex atmosphere, without money, without war, or even fights, uh, without much rejection of each other, they benefit of the pyramid without, you know, all the distortions of like I said, money, power, slavery, and so on. Um, and they have made notes in the great record of creation such, um, so this doesn't happen again. So no worries, it's all recorded there. It's not gonna happen again. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. At this space time, we may best serve you. Okay, I mentioned that already. There's one last part, I believe this answer. Yep, where Ross says, However, it is our observation that due to the complexity of influences upon the unmanifested being at this space-time nexus among your planetary peoples, it is best that the progress of the mind-body-spirit complex take place without, as you call them, training aids. Because when using a training aid, an entity then takes upon itself 
the law of responsibility for the quicken or increase rate of learned teachings. If this greater understanding, if we may use this misnomer, the misnomer being understanding, is not put into practice in the moment-by-moment -moment experience of the entity, then the usefulness of the training aid becomes negative. Um, okay, so let's let's go little by little here. So it is our observation that due to the complexity of influences upon a manifested uh, being at this space-time nexus, okay, in essence, all they're saying is you would recommend, we would recommend you to develop your mind-body-spirit complex without the use of aids, training aids like the pyramid. Um, because when you use training aids, an entity then takes upon itself the law of responsibility. The way I interpret the law of responsibility is that once you have seen what you have seen, you better use it cannot be unseen. Um, this is what happens when you use training aids. And in training aids, I'm inclined to believe that psychedelics are part of this. Because you're accessing a higher intelligence in you. Okay? Uh, something is happening within you. And this is why people say it transformed their lives. Uh, not everybody. So I'm not... Um, I'm not saying everybody that uses psychedelics can see this, but the vast majority of people, apparently, have this res uh, results and reaction. But any training aid that quickens, that's the, the word, the key word here, for the quicken or increased rate of learned teaching. When you do that, then you better put it into use, because the law of responsibility says that you will be stuck. Uh, how this becomes negative, I'm not sure if what they mean, they mean here. This is, take it with a grain of salt. In fact, I'll play, I'll play devil's advocate here. This may mean that it becomes negative. Like, say, let me give you an example. So you learn something. Uh, say you went on a retreat or something. I don't know if that's a training aid, proper training aid. Psychedelics. Or you use the pyramid, whatever. And you have, or you visit a guru. You know, you went, yes, you know, and you, you learn all this stuff. If you don't apply this to your life, right? That's what they say. Uh, it's not put into practice in the moment-by-moment -moment experience of the entity. That means put it into practice in your life. Um, if you don't do this, what happens? You're going to feel stuck inside. Like you're going to feel this energy stuck in you. You're going to repress it for reasons. Um, I'll give you my personal example of what happened to me with the use of psychedelics and how um, I personally, you know, used it to, to see, you know, what is it that it wanted to show me. And hence, I'm here talking to nobody but a camera and a microphone. <laughs> but um, if you don't do this, then you'll be stuck. But to give you the first example of somebody, uh, I've actually met people who have done, and I'll just talk about psychedelics because that's what, I, this is one of my experiences. I know people who have taken psychedelics and 
they continue to have blockages. They didn't, they didn't want to face the self. They continue to do uh, what they were doing before, and they seem very uh, stressed out. They seem very anxious, and uh, although they carry within themselves the the lessons that they learn, it's almost like they become even more comp complicated inside because of this, because they have seen the light, yet they continue to live in darkness. And so this light is kind of like concentrating there. I don't believe this is only for psychedelics, obviously. I think anything, which is if you get a mystical experience, if you have revelatory dreams, if uh, any catalyst that is so intense and you don't use it for revealing the self, then, and we're all victims of this, we all have our blockages, right? But if we don't do this, then we become a lot more um, complicated inside. We become repressed. So that's what I think they mean here, that it needs to be put into um, into usefulness. Uh, how that's done, I don't know, because everybody's different, whatever it may be. Uh, become a nicer person at work with your family or start doing what you want to do. Stop playing around and play music. You want to play music, go play music. You want to go, go do your crafts, do your crafts. You know, you want to stop working where you're working because you feel like you're being pushed around and neglected and you don't feel it anymore. Stop doing it. Whatever it is that this revealed to you, do it, otherwise you'll be stuck. So to play devil's advocate, I would say that it can become a negative, polarized thing. Maybe that's what they meant with becomes negative. Or it could mean also that it becomes negative in the sense that it's not positive. Positive in the way of development. Positive being forward to development, negative being repressive of development. So take it with a grain of salt. I'm not sure what they meant, but that's what I'll interpret. And lastly, um, it all goes down to the same thing, you see. Oh, and I forgot to give you my example, which I'll give briefly. But it all comes down to the same thing. Consciously be aware of your thoughts. Consciously be aware of your life and see what it's offering to you. Accept anything that comes your way and you'll be fine. You don't need to do any workshops in the weekends and you know meditation every day to although I do recommend meditation every day I mean there is no teacher that wouldn't recommend meditation every day for reasons that I won't get into here but uh, yeah just apply what you know apply what you know always now to give you my example I uh, just a quick refresher I'm sorry we're coming up in time here almost always mindful of the hour but uh, I'll share to you with you my experience which you may know if you follow me in my channel and my social media but mainly here on YouTube you should know I was an atheist almost a nihilist I didn't believe in anything suddenly I took uh, psychedelics in a ceremony I didn't even believe in psychedelics I just knew that they play with your brain something so I took it and something happened. I realized that there was something more to this universe. And I said, I need to now as a scientist that I always was, I need to make sense of this reality with my analysis and my organizational skills and everything that I was. 
And so consciousness was the big thing that stood out for me. And I said, well, consciousness is BS in mainstream science. They don't even know what it is. So let me find out what it is. That was the rabbit hole that brought me here. And um, part of that is not just the development of my, my research and investigation, but I had been repressing for over two decades my desire to communicate, to express myself through a audio visual mean and through audio as well. And lo and behold, here I am talking again to a microphone and a camera. Like I said, not because I think this is the way Mandalorian style um, to um, to improve or to you know share what you learn, but just because this is what I was. I always was. And in little parts of my life, I could see that I always wanted to do this. But yeah, just do, do what you feel you want to do. So this is why three years later, I'm here dedicated to this because it's my passion. I love talking, I love expressing myself, and I love reality the way I'm understanding it. Speaking of reality, let's go to question 17, where we take a little detour from the main conversation and Don says, thank you. I don't know if this question will result in any usable direction, but I think I must ask it. What was the Ark of the Covenant and what was its use? Ra says, the Ark of the Covenant was that place wherein those things most holy, according to the understanding of the one called Moshe or Moses, were placed. The article placed therein has been called by your people's two tablets, called the Ten Commandments. There were not two tablets. There was one writing in scroll. <laughs> that does make sense. Thank you, Ra. This was placed along with the most carefully written accounts by various entities of their beliefs concerning the creation by the one creator. This Ark was designed to constitute the place wherefrom the priests as he called those distorted towards the desire to serve their brothers, could draw their power and feel the presence of the one creator. However, it is to be noted that this entire arrangement was designed not by the one known to the confederation as Yahweh, but rather was designed by negative entities preferring this method of creating an entity, or I correct myself, an elite called the Sons of Levi. So here we go, Ark of the Covenant for those who like this stuff. Synchronistically, I actually just watched Indiana Jones with my son. And the first one was the Ark of the Covenant, wasn't it? Yeah, they were finding it and that's just funny. We just watched it last week. Anyhow, not Indiana Jones, but Indiana Ra, we have information about the Ark of the Covenant. I don't know much about this other than what I have heard loosely from one source and the other. I don't care to use their interpretation of, as to what it is. Some people have said that it's just some old artifact that is there and it's useless. Other people have said that it's a spaceship with lasers that can wipe out a whole planet or civilizations. What it is, I don't know. but. Ra does say that it's a place wherein things most holy, according to the understanding of Moses, were a place. Now, one of those articles was 
the so-called two tablets, which I love that Ross says they were a writing in scroll, which does make sense. I, I don't see how they were <laughs> uh, chiseling on stone to make the Ten Commandments. That was kind of weird. Um, and so, yeah, there is, there is a writing in scroll and this was placed along with the most carefully written accounts of various entities of their beliefs concerning the creation by the one creator. So sacred text was included there in that box. Let's call it a box, Ark of the Covenant. And this box or place um, was designed to constitute the place where from the priests where will draw their power and feel the presence of the one creator. Now, why? Why would they use this? What would they use this for? Inspiration? Um, channeling? For some sort of energy movement? I don't know. But I love that Ra says at the end, these, um, they say, however, it is to be noted that this entire arrangement was designed not by the one known to the Confederation as Yahweh. If you remember from session 22, I believe. I'll leave a link in up here. Make a note again. Um, where you can read that. And you will see that um, there is a distinction between a Yahweh from the Confederation and the Yahweh that gave us the Ten Commandments and other information. For short, let's just call them the Orion Yahweh and the Confederation Yahweh. The Confederation Yahweh is, as often is the case, the original one, the positive one, the one that gave us good information for spiritual development. This channeling of Yahweh was hijacked by the Orion group and they pretended to be Yahweh to give slightly negative stuff, like the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments are BS. I'm not saying that do not kill does not hold. Obviously, I don't think you need a commandment for that. And if you do, then maybe it's just... That shouldn't be a commandment. That'd just be something like basic information. <laughs> you know, don't kill. You know, don't uh, steal from people and so on. But uh, you don't give commandments to people. You don't control others. You don't give a commandment to God. See what I mean? And so you can see the negativity in there already. Well, likewise, this was all designed by these negative entities that hijacked Yahweh. And they were preferred this method of creating an entity or an elite. I keep saying entity. Uh, an elite called the Sons of Levi. I don't know who the Sons of Levi are. Maybe some of you would know. Please enlighten us all with your comment, please. And so this method was preferred by the Orion group, basically, to create an elite. Ah, we love elites, don't we, in planet Earth? Yes, we do. That's what we have right now, from your local parish all the way down to the New World, or I mean the World Economic Forum. And yes, that's what we do. Elites. We love elites because we need people to rule over us. In fact, we actually go and vote for them because we do believe in this elite. So that is um, that's what Ra said. Uh, I would mention that I believe that the Ark of the Covenant, I don't believe it's in one extreme, um, something 
that's just there. It's like, oh, well, you know, nobody cares about the Ark of the Covenant, some old artifact that is probably dissolved and uh, recycled to the Earth. But I also don't believe that it's a spaceship, a mothership that's going to blow up planets like Death Star. I believe something in the middle is true and that it is powerful still for those negative entities and it all fits together within my model that if we had negative entities in the past, uh, one look at the world would reveal that we must have those negative entities still active within our own structure, societal structure. And so would you think that this coveted, uh, because they do love their material stuff, negative entities love to have material stuff in which they can uh, draw their power from. Um, and so would you think that they stopped using this as a means for doing some dark rituals? Probably not. They're very likely to be using it right now. This is my speculation. I mean, it just, just makes sense. Just like, is killing other people bad or good? No, there's more than that. There is uh, there's the basic interpretation that you don't want to harm, harm anybody. But that doesn't mean that if you kill somebody is, you know, you're doomed. It's a lesson for everybody, right? So in this case, uh, the Ark of the Covenant just makes sense that is still around. It was a powerful thing. Listen, they'll keep it and they'll use it for their magic rituals, which does make sense when you put so much power into something. And humans are funny creatures. They do worship uh, artifacts. O only those negatives can actually worship artifacts or crosses or things. I'm not saying the cross, I'm sorry. I'm saying that, that even that can be used for worshiping, that it's, it just makes no sense. But going off track, hopefully you know what I mean. Nobody gets offended. I'm not talking negatively about Jesus. It's just about the worshiping of things, of artifacts, and giving too much power to something. Even Jesus said, please stop worshiping idols and things like this. And so here I am giving the last question I have for this video. And Don says, was this a device for communication then? You said they also drew power from it. What type of power? How did this work? Ra says, this was charged by means of the materials with which it was built being given an electromagnetic field. It became an object of power in this way. And to those whose faith became that untarnished by unrighteousness or separation, this power designed for negativity became positive and is so to those truly in harmony with the experience of service to this day. Thus, the negative forces were partially successful, but the positively oriented Moises, or Moses, Moises, as this entity was called, gave to your planetary peoples the possibility of a path to the one infinite creator, which is completely positive. This is in common with each of your orthodox religious systems, which we have which have all become somewhat mixed in orientation, yet offer a pure path to the one creator, which is seen by the pure seeker. Ah, I love this part. Um, actually, let me read to you the last, the, the actual last question that I have, which is Don asking, where is the Ark of the Covenant now? 
Where is it located? Eh. Ra says, we refrain from answering this query due to the fact that this, that it does still exist and it's not that which we would infringe upon your peoples by locating. So, um, all right, we're not going to tell you where it is, but we're going to tell you, we're going to tell you that it does exist. <laughs> I don't know if they slipped there, but they could have said like, uh, sorry, can't answer. But they did say it, it exists. So it does still exist. However, uh, they can tell us where, because that would be definitely infringing upon free. Imagine if they say, oh yeah, it exists. It's right in, I don't know, Washington DC or under, you know, the Vatican. <laughs> no, we're not going to say that. Um, that might even, uh, no, I'm not going to say anything. So um, I liked the previous question, how did it work? Ross says that it worked as it was charged by means of the materials with which it was built being given an electromagnetic field. So there you go. There's an electromagnetic field that is charged and it became an object of power in this way. Okay. That's interesting. And to those, I wonder what shape it was. Definitely not the one that Indiana Jones showed in the movie. It became an object of power in this way. And to those whose faith became um, that untarnished by unrighteousness or separation, this power designed for negativity became positive. So as usual, you know, anything that is designed positively can be twisted into negative and anything that is used negatively can be returned into positive because all negativity is positivity in disguise. Uh, so what does that mean? You have the possibility always to change anything that is negative in, in you or that you perceive negative. So um, this is the reason why, you know, uh, the negative forces were partially successful, just like they were partially successful at creating the stronger race, the giants, the called the, uh, the annex back in uh, 33,000, 33,000, 3300 years ago. They were unsuccessful because some of them became quite positive. So actually some became negative and the rest positive. I forgot how it went, but yeah, there's always a mix. Speaking of mix, they say that um, this is in common with each of your orthodox religious systems, which have all become somewhat mixed in orientation, meaning that our orthodox religions, uh, Christianity, uh, Islam and um, what am I missing? Um, Islam, Christianity and Judaism. At least uh, I'm going to include there Buddhism and Hinduism as well. Uh, with Buddhism uncovering, of course, all the ramifications of Buddhism, Zen, um, even Taoism, I'm sure, and others. They have all become mixed because, like I said, Anything positive can be turned to negative and anything negative can become positive. However, all of these uh, religions offer a pure path. What do they say? Pure path, yes, to the one creator, which is seen by the pure seeker. So no matter what type of religion you believe in, no matter if you're uh, uh, whatever, whatever it is that you follow, or even if you don't follow, like me, I didn't follow any religion, and yet I see, or I try to see, the pure path in every single religion. What do they mean? You know, we can grab any text, the Quran, the Bible, uh, whatever, um, just 
read it. We can grab Alice in Wonderland and read it and say, here is a pure path to the one creator. You can see it to the pure seeker. Anything can become that. And so these religions still uh, hold that. And I know there's a lot of um, disregard for religions in many ways because of what they have done. But this is just obviating the fact that they came from a very positively oriented uh, nature. This is why it's so popular with humans, only that it's easier to become corrupted than it is to follow this very narrow and straight path, which is being in balance, being uh, completely open, having no type of blockages for yourself and for others. This is the one path. With that, we come to the end of this video, part two. I extended myself a little bit more than I wanted to, but this is what we got. I have to do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the extra minutes. Um, I don't know. I always feel like I'm on TV and I'm going off the time. <laughs> ah, but it's just me. Time doesn't exist. So, uh, next part, part three, we're going to finish up with some... Uh, changed the page already but we're gonna finish up with some information about harvest and like I said meditation I forgot what else is mentioned there we'll see some mixed bag but we're done with pyramids for a while this is the last time we actually talk about pyramids until question uh, session 66 or 67 somewhere around there there's more pyramids but um I I think this marked the end of the investigation of the pyramids it just comes back for a brief moment and yeah, if you enjoy pyramids, you're gonna have to wait until session 66 for it to be the last real part in the raw material. And if not, then hooray, we got more information now coming through for the next sessions. Conclusions. I think the most important things that we talked about here were, um, well, first, the history about Ra and the potential that we have on planet Earth, like I mentioned and I emphasize here, is that we have a great potential. Look at what Venus was at the time of Ra. I wouldn't want to live a life in Venus, honestly. I mean, it would be nice to visit it and see how they learn, but I just, knowing what I know, I believe planet Earth is the most brilliant experiment that has been done by the Logos and possibly in the whole galaxy. Who knows? This is such a an intense look look at what we have in the equation we have a let me add that there is a positively polarized planet because the vast majority of people here are positively oriented or at the very least not prone to negativity okay so put that into the the equation boom then we have that's another part of the equation another factor is that we have a system what rules us, what we actually worship too, which is money. Money is what we worship. Money is the value. When you talk about value, you always think in terms of money. We don't think in terms of uh, help or compassion or wisdom. No, we think in terms of money. So we live in a very, very highly polarized, negatively polarized system. Now, that's another factor in the equation. Add in the fact that 
the vast majority, and I say the vast, 99% of the people perhaps out there, or maybe a little bit less, 98, 97% of people, maybe 95%, just put 90, and I'm being very generous, 90% of people are completely indifferent to this type of information, which is, to me, the only thing I can think about and talk about. Um, I can talk about other stuff, I can talk about video games too, but other than the video games, the law of one. No, just <laughs> general reality. Forget about the law of one. I like to talk about reality, not just the law of one or Buddhism. Reality as we know it. Philosophy. If we see this, if we see the vast majority are only interested in their, um, in in their their spinning wheel of human reality. That's another factor, huge factor. What does that equal to? It equals to great potential for those on the positive path and negative as well to polarize themselves and others. So it really is like, I don't know, I can think about uh, a good analogy. Yeah, imagine you're a cook, okay? And you go into a nation, a whole nation, a whole world where nobody knows how to cook. All they do is just eat raw everything. And you're the cook. You are the cook, you're a chef. You're a master chef. And you're there and you're like, oh my God, I can teach these people so much. But will they be willing? That's the question. You start cooking for yourself and then you invite others that smell your food and say, oh, that smells good. And you say, well, you want to try? <laughs> I made it with this, this, and this. You lay down the recipe if they want to know. And then you teach them how to cook. I'm going to change that um, uh, that saying of uh, teach a man uh, how to fish and you, um, you feed him forever. Teach a human how to be spiritual and you will help him forever, really, literally. <laughs> incarnation after incarnation. So yeah, just keep that in mind. You are on planet Earth. You are privileged not only to be on planet Earth, but to be aware of this. If you got this far in this video, then you're very privileged because I don't think many people are interested in this stuff. More uh, than anything, interested in my channel. So thank you. Uh, this is how I end the video saying thank you so much uh, for watching, being here, being alive, being interested in all of this in the description. You have all kinds of links so you can join me on other social media where you can find me and my stuff. Uh, I have a group which is bilingual and you can go and post in English there. It's a Facebook group. Go uh, have fun there too with us. Patreon, if you want to join me there and support my channel as other ways to support me, I'm grateful. But other than that, just like, subscribe, be a good person and share the video. I love you. Thank you so much for being part of this. I'll see you in the final part of session 60, part three.